The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light him up, light him up, light him up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. Saturday, July 23rd, 2022. What makes the cigar industry unique from all other industries? When people leave, why do they return? When people get in, why are they surprised? And at what? Dan Thompson, president of McAuliffe Cigar, joins us today. We're going to talk about that and lots more. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Hey, Dave, where's Tinkerbell? It's in the in the box over no, there. No, I meant Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan is uh, out on uh, COVID. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was monkeypox, but anyway. You're listening to the Cigar Authority now in its 13th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, as well as awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. It is Cigar Radio at its finest, and the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. You can catch the podcast on demand anytime or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. So, Jonathan was sick Saturday. I was complaining about my voice, which I'm still complaining about. Mm-hmm. I tested Saturday night uh, positive. Yep. Jonathan did not has not been to work since. Right. Um, but didn't test positive until yesterday. So all the previous tests were negative? He never took a test before. Huh. I took six mm-hmm. negatives right. before I got a positive. I've always been weak on the, on the uh, testing <laughs> thing. thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally getting the positive test, which is... Were you happy about it? or I was glad it would get it out of the way because right. it's been two and a half years of mm. taking negative tests and I finally got a winner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jonathan did too. Uh, he's probably fine yeah. also, but, but he, he waited too long yeah, to take a test. His nutrition's not the best. Right. That could impact. Yeah, he's saying the opposite right now that... I'm healthier than all he is, but again, you're down for the second time, yep, and yep. it's over a week now. And uh, yeah, you've had, he's had it twice. Yeah, yeah. I, I overload on the lectins. Yes, and I could make up nonsense the way he does. It creates an inhospitable environment for the replication of the virus. Ah, yeah, I've studied this day. All right, it's the lectins. The lectins are bad? No, they're good. Oh, they're good. Oh, yeah. All right. That makes sense. I was on the dais with you. He got it. I didn't. There yeah. we go. Uh, and I didn't give it to him, right? If if we both got it at the same time. Yeah, if you got it at the same time, it, it, the, it, it would be three to five days after being exposed to it that you would start to show so. symptoms, supposedly. Uh, arguments against the science yeah. and what have you. Now, but. my wife, on the other hand, is not buying that at all because she's now sick. So. Mm. I, I so mean, it makes sense for you to give it to her because yeah. it's now three to five days after you tested positive. She's in the window where she could now right. yeah. develop symptoms. All right, enough of that. 
I feel fine, even though if my voice still sounds a little scratchy, it's been two weeks of the scratchy mm-hmm. voice thing going on. But uh, let's light up a cigar. There's one way to cure a scratchy throat, and that's having a smoking a cigar, right? I agree. Today's yeah. first cigar is the McAuliffe Magdalia, and it's manufactured in Nicaragua by McAuliffe Cigars. The size is a 6x52 Toro, and it features a San Andreas Habano wrapper over a Sumatra binder with fillers from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. It is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and a single will sit you back $11.19, while a box of 24 is $237.99, which comes out to just $9.91 per cigar. That's a savings of almost $31, or 11% off the box price on TwoGuysCigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. 6x52, a beefy Toro. You like that. It looks a little better than a regular Toro, right? A little bit more. You wouldn't like know it. Like two more. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's give it a cut and light. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. So the show must go on. We take our turns. Who's going to be on the show and who's not next week? Barry's taking next week is off. He, is he getting COVID He's next getting week? COVID next week. All right. Driving <laughs> down to a wedding. Hopefully that's a super spreader and I can take a week there off we from work. <laughs> uh, we're going to light up our cigar today with the Vertigo Blizzard, which features double wall protection, one action ignition, three jets, patented big-ass tank, and a big-ass wheel for flame adjustment, and it's only going to cost you nine ninety nine. Whoa. That's a deal. That's a huge deal. Great. Okay. All right. You're all lit up? That's all your- lit up. It's my first cigar in a week, and boy, mm. is it delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything I expected and more. Imagine I had not one cigar in a week. This has not happened very many times, hey, be, ever. And be happy you didn't lose your taste or smell. Mm. Mm. I mean, you hired me. One can argue you lost your taste a long time ago, but nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening to no. you. He, he's focused on that cigar right now. Oh, my God. It's delicious. <laughs> It's been too long. It's been too long waiting a week. All right, let's bring him on. Um, he is. Uh, he was a general manager for Microsoft for over 20 years. And in 2019, right before COVID, he becomes the president of McAuliffe Cigars. Is that a, a raise? Is that a demotion? Uh, he, he, from general manager to president, it sounds good. But he's in the cigar industry now. Uh, he is uh, Dan Thompson from McAuliffe Cigars. Hi, Dan. Hey, Dave, Barry. Thank you all so much for having me today. Glad to have you. Um, glad to be smoking my first cigar in a week. And uh, boy, I, I think my taste buds have, have heightened. Mm. I've never done this before. I can't actually remember an entire week going by wow. without a cigar. And for, <laughs> first lighting up, it's absolutely delicious. You know, as much <laughs> as you and I smoke every now and then, it's good to reset the palate. Mm. So, uh, Dan, glad to have you on here. 
uh, as I said, general manager of Microsoft for 20 years. Uh, totally different business. You're the, you're the guy I wanted on the show uh, to talk about the subject we're talking about today because everybody um, has different thoughts of what the cigar industry is until they get in. You know, Mike Tyson said it before, everybody has a plan until I punch you in the face. Um, I think everybody has this plan of getting into the cigar business. Then they get in there and say, well, this isn't hanging out at the cigar lounge. This is way different. Um, from from um, a, a big corporation like that, and taking nothing away from the, the company you work for, you work for a family company, family owned and operated with with um, Al McAuliffe and his daughter, and here you are in between. So, how's it been for the past <laughs> three years? Well, it's been an amazing experience to grow up and work in a triple a credit rated corporation in America. You, you certainly learn a lot and I got to travel the world and to be able to take a break from that and move to a triple a rated family, like the McAuliffe family, it's been awesome. I certainly think that for the, for the next 10 or 20 years, this is a place for me to be able to run our scar business and the other businesses that we run together. And you were a, a buddy with Al sitting in a cigar lounge, smoking cigars. Yeah, I, I'd known Al for nearly 20 years. He's got a restaurant in Fort Worth called Riata. That's, uh, I don't know, a four-story restaurant. And uh, we certainly have had a lot of fun over the years. And when I left Microsoft, I took some time off. And Al was had started the cigar company. I was sitting on the board for it. And we were having some challenges. And I said, Al, why don't I just come out one day a week and see if I can help? <laughs> and that was the ultimate trap. One day a week turned into two to three to, hey, why don't you run both of these companies for me? <laughs> so we're having a blast. So you did it to yourself, though. You, you, you offered it. You put Completely your toes in the water. There's something to this industry, though. As much as I say it's, it's a challenging thing to get into, we see people that get in, and even when they get out, they, you know, like, like say, they said in Godfather 3, they pull you back in that for some reason we want more of this. Yeah, and we all get that reference today. Yes. Jonathan's not here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so truly a family company. I, I, I was honored to meet Al's daughter uh, at the trade show for the first time there, too. And um, our subject we're talking about uh, came to full fruition at the trade show booth when I walked over there and I saw stacks of $100 bills, uh, an issue of Cigar Aficionado that it laid on top of, all kinds of references of mistakes that... We've, met, we've made many. Right. I'm still here. <laughs> and actually calling them out, and this was a, a very open and um, name, naming names, basically, of what you had set up there and said, okay, here's what we did wrong. Here's what we're doing now. Showing it. I love it. I love the, you know, show them your warts. Show the mistakes you made because that's what's going to make you stronger in the future. So what was the idea of all that money on that trade show floor? Yeah, Dave, we're, we're just very transparent people. Our business partners that we work with across different industries demand that transparency. So it comes to us natural as manufacturers. And the specific reference that you're talking about, we had an issue of Cigar Aficionado and we had $20,000 in straps of $100 bills. And what we were really conveying is when we entered the industry, 
this is our mistake was that we thought that going through printed press publications and running advertising was a major investment that would drive the business forward. And it worked out that that didn't help at all. You know, there's certain things we have to do as a manufacturer and advertising and print media in today's world does not help consumers select your cigar to try it and put it in their daily rotation. And so the real point of that particular uh, booth was to say, we've learned a mistake. Cigar Fishing Hour, they did everything they said they would. So there's no issue there. It was our mistake. But now we take that same marketing money and we spend it directly with our brick and mortar partners inside of our sales channel to help them grow their business and the McAuliffe business. Amen. And thank you for seeing that. Uh, 37 years in the retail end of this industry. And I'm here to tell you every single brand that made it was built in the brick and mortar retail environment. Uh, I look for it. I look for trends. I look for ways. Is there a way around this? But the fact of the matter is every single one of them, and I don't care the the influx of the internet that ended up happening, the catalog boom that happened before that, all the different things that end up happening, when it comes down to it, name me one cigar that was built online, and there isn't. Actually, those online guys don't want that product until it's already built in the brick and mortar, and then they're willing to take that customer away from them, maybe by a, by a discount or, or some other way of taking that consumer away from the brick and mortar. So it's been a struggle for us uh, in watching manufacturers go from, okay, we're going to build your brand, we build the brand, and the next thing you know, they get the big check from the online guy, and then we end up losing that helper you know, somebody we ended up helping along the way and helped us as brick and mortars ended up going away and going for the big dollars. We're here. This was so unique that this ended up happening. We have a McAuliffe Cigars that, that comes out of the gate, and there they are in the mail order catalogs, in the in the advertising uh uh, cigar aficionado and spending the big bucks and actually the opposite happened they came to the brick and mortar guy and uh it wasn't until then al i don't know al, um, dan <laughs> um that i decided at that point of okay i want to be a mcauliffe shop now but be before that while that was going on it gave me no interest your brand had no interest in me because i know i couldn't succeed in that and when that change up change up happened i said okay now i'm very very interested in this brand because and actually i'm interested to see what ends up happening in the future because i can't think of somebody that ever pivoted the other direction and that's you was that you well, personally well dave as we study no it's not me personally you know al mccalf has deep insights and we make decisions as a team and as we learned the business, a couple things became apparent to us. One is on the advocacy side for our, for our industry. If we want to continue to have smoker rights, it's through the brick and mortars at the municipal, the state, the federal level that it's going to be advocated for. And so we found ourselves in a very weird position where we were both in the massive online shops and we had people who were showrooming our cigars they would go to a brick and mortar, they'd try one or two, and then they'd go buy it online, which hurt the brick and mortar. So that hurt advocacy for our industry. And we decided that we just couldn't, we're family-owned business. We wanted to not be lukewarm, but we wanted to be convicted in what we were doing with our business strategy. And that's where we turned to only sell to brick and mortars. We're not anti-online, 
We just want that business to happen through a brick and mortar partner to be able to sell to somebody who can't get a McAuliffe because they don't have it close. Mm. Well, I, I selfishly want McAuliffe to succeed so that other manufacturers see that there is another way as opposed to when they end up going down that dark hallway and end up uh, having their heads cut off at the end of it and seeing that happen so many different times that that happens in that direction of, okay, is there a way to actually pivot and end up making it through? And I urge the other uh, brick-and-mortar retailers to pay notice of this, that this is happening, and it hasn't happened many times at all, that somebody ends up pivoting this way, uh, I think it's in our best interest to actually push and promote and try to make you succeed to show others that uh, brick and mortar is a viable option for uh, us to um, to be able to succeed and win, actually. I wrote a book on it, how to, how to compete and beat the online giant. And, and it's possible. It's just, it's a, it is a lot harder to do, but I appreciate McAuliffe uh, doing it, actually, right in front of my face and calling, calling them out on it, not doing it quietly. You guys put a press release out when you decided to actually make this change. You didn't do it whisper in my ear and say, this is what we're doing. You actually did maybe two days before you put the press release out and said, you'll see a press release coming out in a couple of days. And two days later, my God, the press release comes out and, and <laughs> name and names. And I go, okay, these people are afraid of no one. Uh, they're going forward right. with this. Uh, and, and they put their, their heart on the table for everybody to see. So thank you for that. You know, Dave, if I could share anything with another manufacturer, somebody who's entering the cigar business, when we went to Cigar International and saw that they had Boston Consulting Group in developing their strategy, I understood from my previous role in corporate America what that meant. And that meant they were preparing an approach to assault all the brick and mortars in the country. And part of their approach is to suck new brands or manufacturers into it so that they have a portfolio. It doesn't build your brand but it cripples your ability to grow. And that's what we meant by we couldn't be lukewarm. We needed to choose one or the other. And when we looked at the advocacy through the brick and mortars, it became apparent we had to become a brick and mortar exclusive brand. So speaking to other potential brand owners, what advice would you give someone that would be considering starting a brand in their own? <laughs> other, than don't, other than don't do it. You know, it's, it's a lost art in America right now, manufacturing. There's very few people who manufacture anything in America. And we're fortunate that we come from a manufacturing background and we understand supply chain and the extremely long inventory turns, but the cigar industry was shocking to us. How many years you have to invest in your tobacco before you're even ready to move cigars onto the market. And if somebody doesn't understand that fact and has the capital to do it, it's gonna be a very difficult proposition. Maybe they can come in as a brand owner but to be a manufacturer, it's it's a big investment. You have a lot of SKUs. How, how many SKUs does McAuliffe have? And does having that many SKUs, did it hurt the process? Yeah, our SKU count, we probably have 48 different SKUs right now, which is a nightmare. It's, it's, it's very difficult. But that was a function of the FDA regulation that was happening at the time. We had to move our, our SKUs into the market so that we would have predicates so that we'd be able to manage our long-term viability in the industry. So that meant, like many other companies, that we had to push too many products onto the market at one time. And now we're going through a process of 
you know, pruning that back. We're going to be a lot more uh, focused about what we bring to market and what we remove from the market. Yeah, so sometimes it's it's a positive to, to to remove something, or maybe for a short period of time until you get that together. Um, what I notice is um, some of your brands. There's only a couple of sizes of a line, and to me, uh, as a brick and mortar retailer, I think there's not enough. It, it seems the opposite of a retailer would say, "No, no, just carry two sizes of it." I, I think it it doesn't show well enough for two sizes to end up happening. I don't think you have to need to go 15 sizes wide or something, but enough of maybe a four, three, four. To make a footprint within a humidor, you know, only going too wide doesn't catch the consumer's eye as much as going four wide. And also that there's something for everybody. There's long and short, thick and thin. So uh, those four options need to be uh, at least covered by that that person. Uh, Ed Sullivan, who who only wants a small, thin ring gauge cigar, that's his his preference. And then lots of people with the 60 ring gauges. And then there's the majority, which are are Toro customers, uh, something in between. So um, um, I I think, you know, looking at at that seems to be um, the uh, missing element on certain lines of McAuliffe cigars. Um, but then again, we see people like Rojas that says, okay, I'm going to go with just the king of small ring gauges, and that's going to be our play. I remember when certain people got into the industry and said, my cigars are going to be strong, which we know the majority of people like milder cigars, but they found that little niche. Um, are you trying for McAuliffe to end up having a niche within this industry, or should there be something for everybody within McAuliffe Cigars? Yeah, Dave, you know, the Cigar Authority Show has been mentoring me for years, <laughs> and, and our entire team. We take clips of your discussion, and it's a sign listening. Oh, so God. Been, oh, God. <laughs> I said clips. Not yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... When we, because we had to meet that FDA requirement for predicates, we pushed the cigars that we had on the market, and they were not the most popular shapes in the United States. They also, as we've learned, working with retailers like you, we were 10 wide instead of having a tall box. And so there's many things that we've had to change about how our cigars are packaged and merchandised to be ready to be in the market at scale. And what you'll find for us is, After PCA next year, we'll have Toros and Robustos for all of our cigars, which is the most popular size and shape. We will also, we we recognize we've got light cigars, medium, medium plus, but we're missing a strong cigar. And it's on our roadmap to, to resolve that next year also. So we're really doing a lot with the portfolio. We're listening to the McAuliffe ambassadors as, as they help us shape what they want to consume. And, and with retailers, we make smart portfolio decisions. So I think there'll be things that we, we take off that may come back someday, um, packaged differently. But right now, it's really about having uh, a McAuliffe experience that's built into to your humidor where our brand is easy to identify. We have different blends for different people. And we're just incredibly grateful for everybody who, who takes the time to enjoy them. Well, some of those people that you're grateful for is something that I saw you guys create from the bottom up uh, is creating ambassadors, which you call them. But it's a fan club, basically. Um, and they, did, they just don't talk about 
your cigar. They are fans of yours. You put these people together. Uh, it, it feels to me like the retail store that there's a whole bunch of people in, in our cigar lounge right now, and some of these people are best friends with each other and never knew each other until they met at our cigar shop, and then they become best men of, of their friends' weddings and things like that. Of Crazy things have happened. I think you've created that in a national level, um, and uh, that would the ambassador. So tell us a little about the ambassador program and how that works and how people can be part of this group. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that you've participated in it and seen it firsthand. And I, I would take exception to the fact of calling it a fan club because they're, they're a community that not only do they love each other, they love our brand and they help us advise us. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I don't know how other companies build their products without having that continual source of feedback. And so our McAuliffe ambassadors, you know, there's 8,000 of them. There's 4,000 of them in Facebook. We're constantly having conversations with them. They have access to us to say, hey, we love this. We don't like that. And it really helps you shape your plans in a very significant way. And as you've seen, they've, they've created their own community. They lead their own talk shows. They have host in or guest in from across the industry. And we believe that just reflects what happens naturally. None of us smoke one brand. You know, I enjoy several. I love Atabay and Byron as an example. Those are two of my favorite cigars. So we just want to have a place where people can enjoy McAuliffe. It's, it's a family environment. You know, Larry Frank has helped us focus this year on our philanthropic efforts for the Shriners Children's Hospital. And it's just, it's, it's been an amazing journey with them. Beautiful. Um, your brand is made in Nicaragua, right? Yes, sir. We we have our factory in Esteli. It's the picture behind me. Yeah. Is there any thought of having brands in other countries of diversifying just in case political unrest, things like that happens? So there could be a McAuliffe, Dominican, Honduran, you know, who knows, United States. Or Mexico with the heritage of the Gomez Sanchez family. Yeah. Barry, that's a great point. The Gomez Sanchez actually lived in San Andreas for a long time after they left Cuba. So, Dave, honestly, we're at a vulnerable point. You know, as you're building a, a manufacturing company that, that brand owns and gets distributed, you don't have the ability to just set up factories in multiple countries simultaneously. It takes everything we have to be able to run the factory that we have. Five years from now, it may be a different conversation. But right now, we're in Esteli. That's our facility. We do talk to people in Dominican and Honduras as a what hap what if something happens plan, but it we would be vulnerable right now if there was major unrest in Nicaragua. Right, that's right. Uh, that's what we, it's. It's a global industry. People look at it as his McAuliffe, uh, based out of Texas and selling the majority of the cigars in the U.S. and stuff. But uh, I've just seen it happen over time. Of uh, shit happens, you know, and um, you, know. you know. We we certainly understand that. And our other businesses, for example. We manufacture here in Texas, but we also have facilities in China and Vietnam that we've used, and even in Europe, if you go back in the day. So we understand the importance of diversifying, but it has to be done in a sequence that makes sense for the company. And right now, we're, we're in a little vulnerable position if something major happened in Nicaragua. Yeah, ho hopefully it doesn't. Uh, we are smoking the McAuliffe Medallia 6x52. Is that the size name? That's the size, and... Uh we actually had a listener here in the audience ask if it's the same blend as the SE. 
No, the SE is, is slightly modified. The tobaccos are similar, but the uh, processing is different. Okay. That, will that make a comeback, the SE comeback? Dave, I know what we, we've decided yeah. to do with the Magdalia SE. So Magdalia is the name of the matriarch of the Gomez Sanchez family. She's from Cuba. As a young woman, she was actually sent abroad doing rolling competitions on behalf of Cuba. And as their family left, they lived in the San Andreas Valley in Mexico and then back in Nicaragua. And Magdalia, I'll ask her, Magdalia, what's the blend you've always wanted to be able to produce? And that's what we're all smoking today is the Magdalia blend. It was hers. And so we decided to take it a step further with the Magdalia Special Edition. And we release that every year on International Women's Day because we wanted to celebrate strong women. And it's not a cigar. It's not a pink it and shrink it kind of cigar. It's a full cigar that men and women both love. But we just have some additional emphasis on celebrating women when we have that cigar. You sure do. I want to get into that when we come back. Right now, we're going to take a break. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm enjoying the first cigar I've had in, in over a week now. Uh, cocoa and cream. 100%. I agree with that. A little bit of earthiness uh, on straight scale really quick. Yep. What's how strength? What's your number? Um, straight five. Mr. Sullivan? With Mr. Delightful? I, I'm going a shade under five. Of course you are. Yeah. But, but not bad? Not bad. No, all right. Not, maybe I'm regrouping here. Our <laughs> chat room's saying about a three or a four, because I do one, two, right. three, four, five, six. But 43% are saying it's coming in uh, mild to medium. Okay. I got straight medium on here, but... Uh, Boy, I'm enjoying it. We're going to take a break right now when I come back. Um, McAuliffe might be a new brand, but it doesn't mean uh, can't be uh, can't be pushed around. On the contrary, they push back, and they have an army behind it. We'll talk about the ambassadors and a lot more. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua. The Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. 
So when I heard his brand Kristoff was pissed off, I was surprised. Kristoff cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Kristoff is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. Hey, I am the king of the small gauge cigars, Noel Rojas, from Rojas Cigars. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. We are back, and I'm back, baby. I'm smoking again after a week off of smoking cigars. I'm so delighted that I, I am enjoying it more than I thought I was going to enjoy the cigar. Uh, plenty of flavor. Love it. Yeah, it's a it's a nine on flavor. It's yes, a, it's a four on strength. I know you think it's a five, it's a, but it is a nine on flavor. With us is Dan Thompson. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I, I was a little scared to be honest with you. Lighting up a cigar after a week off, having COVID, did I lose my taste? Am I gonna? have to say uh, I'm not getting a lot of flavor out of the cigar. The opposite ha happened. I think I've reset the palate. I'm, I'm so psyched how delicious this cigar is. Um, Dan, um, I don't know if you caught the recent battles of trademarks that are out there. Um, after the trade show, it happens every single year. Uh, CAO uh, uses an X on their trademark, and uh, Fuente sues them. They've done this to a lot of people. Uh, this will be tied up in litigation for years and years to come. It costs lots of money. Uh, it becomes a biggest dick contest. Uh, we've seen it before. We're seeing it again. Um, and then I'm uh, holding the cigar in my hand, and I'm noticing the McAuliffe on here, and I uh, can't help but notice it. And I would think, um, as a new guy on there, um, you guys are going to be easy to push around, but uh, I'd be wrong, right? Well, we had a conversation with the Fuentes family early in our entry into the business because we're responsible business leaders and we certainly respect trademarks. And the, the conversation focused on the fact that the McAuliffe Crest has been in their family since 1090. And 
If you look closely at 10 that action, 90. To, the year, <laughs> the year 1090, one zero. Not, not the tax form, we're right. talking the yeah. year. <laughs> if you look carefully at that crest, it's actually two saws that are crossed. Oh, and you wow. You can see the saws. And those saws represent that the law can cut both ways. Ah. And uh, we're, we're happy and they're happy. And, you know, I understand that they, they have to defend their trademark, but they understand that what we're doing is different. Okay. Yeah. You, you weren't trying to say, okay, uh, here's a popular brand that's out there. Let's no. do the same thing. This is 1090. Yeah. I think precedence would be yeah, set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Prince. Um, it, it's a shame that this, this stuff happens. Uh, and I, and I know as a trademark owner myself, that part of the job is to protect your trademark by, by law, you have to do it. Uh, it just gets tough because, um, sometimes there's no ill will intent, uh, at all sure. being meant. Um, uh, and sometimes there actually is, let's take advantage of a situation because the consumer doesn't know one from the other. Um, not, not the case here, certainly, but, uh, um, I just have to chime in for a second. Sure. Whiskey miser, um, he's kind of implying that you and I look thinner. And it's because Mr. J's not here yes. making us look fatter. <laughs> well, hang, hang around with fat friends and stuff, and, and this is the way to go. Um, we could replace him with a 400-pounder, and we were all said it's fantastic. Might need to reinforce the stage a little right. bit, but not, not, not bad to it. Um, so uh, mistakes along the way. Um, you had mentioned to me uh, before the show started six things manufacturers need to do. Uh, you, you have something. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, no, I, I'd be happy to. You know, there's just not a lot of manufacturing that occurs in the U.S. anymore. And that's, that's a lost skill, and we're thankful for everybody who works in manufacturing. But we're creators of products. When you run manufacturing, and I'm going to talk about it in, in the premium cigar industry, there's six things that we have to do as a company. That's why you can see why it would take us a couple of years to get our act straight. You know, the, the first thing that has to occur we have to source tobacco, you know, and, th and that could be spot purchasing or it could be working with the farmers and selecting the seeds and buying the fields like we do in San Andreas today. The second step is processing that tobacco. You know, there is so much importance that occurs in the processing and fermenting of your tobacco. And when you bring those beautiful bales home, you have to sort through them and they go in the polones. And they spend a year or whatever uh, fermentation process that you have. The third, third thing that happens on the production size is you have to also source all your components, but then you make your final cigars, which is a very handmade process. Um, I want to come back to that later. But so the first three steps, you have to get your tobacco, you have to process your tobacco, and then you have to roll your finished goods. Then as a manufacturer, I have to have distribution. I need a sales team to work with people like your team inside the shops. I have a marketing team to build the brand and decide where we're going. And the last step is we have to engage with our audience. So if you're going to be a manufacturer in the cigar industry, all six of those things have to be working well to be successful. And our hats are off to the people who came ahead of us. I think that the audience engagement is something that many people can continue to improve on, but six different functions require a lot of attention. And let me tell you, in the 80s, it did, a lot of these things didn't exist. Um, of course, uh, they, they were making good to 
good tobacco that was handled that the cigars in the 80s were actually very good. They got bad in the 90s as things were being rushed. But we call that pre-industry of the stuff that happens. Everybody looks at the, at the final roller, and if, if you got crappy ingredients to begin with and you're going to make them into a beautiful cigar, you have a beautiful-looking cigar that, that tastes like crap, uh, usually the process of w- what goes on there. But getting into this industry uh, and through the 80s and 90s, what was missing was there was no engagement from manufacturer to consumer. And some of it I, I pushed away because some of these manufacturers direct went directly to consumers for the final sale. And that actually ends up hurting. And I, I tend to be one of those guys that get a little shy when I see a company making a move like that, that I go, oh, let me just step back and watch a little bit. Is their ultimate goal here to engage with the customer, to get people to enjoy cigars better, which is great if that happens? Or is their ultimate goal to end up taking away from the brick and mortar store and selling directly to the end user, which we saw a lot of that happen in our industry. And uh, I'm... I'm Grateful to see that that wasn't the direction of McAuliffe, but you know, Dan, that that is part of something that we brick-and-mortar retailers have to be concerned about. Yeah, you know, I appreciated the frank conversations that you had with us, sharing those examples. And it just helps us galvanize our strategy. You know, we, we are a distribution company here in the United States to retailers, but we also engage the audience to drive them to brick-and-mortars. And I think that as time will prove out, that will become a very trusted relationship and you'll have confidence in the fact that we're doing it while other people are moving in different directions. Yeah. That's why McAuliffe is a good investment in your brick and mortar. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And, uh, you know, this year at the trade show, not only when I went over to your booth and saw the openness of what you were showing and saying, we don't do business with these people and we don't do this and we don't do that, actually naming names and coming out with it. Actually, it's some, and I know a lot of people missed um, the seminars, the um, retail seminars, which was a big mistake if you're a retailer going to a retail convention and not going to the retail seminar, which was talking to us. You missed a lot that was going on there. And for the first time, I was usually the only one that would name names and and open my big fat mouth and say what needed to be said. But all of a sudden, everybody started doing it. Everybody had enough, enough, enough was enough what was going on uh, and actually calling the people out and saying, you know what? We are a family owned and operated industry. We as brick and mortars, that's what we are. We as a lot of manufacturers and certainly the people that were there at the trade show, that's what it was about. And finally, it seemed like the bell went off for the first time ever. Uh, as much, all the things I was thinking of and Ed Santa Maria was sitting next to me and said, wow, is this a twilight zone? Yeah, he we texted all, me saying that it's bizarre world. All of a sudden, it finally the bell went off and people started understanding. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, brick and mortars were really hurt during these uh, takeovers, basically, mm-hmm. of losing. I don't worry about uh, losing a sale to somebody. You lose a sale. You know, people are not monogamous when it comes to buying cigars. They buy from shop to shop, and I know my competitors, and I try to be better than them. And at the end of it, we're friendly, and we fight legislation together and stuff, and we just try to be better retailers. And it makes us better retailers. Competition is actually good. But when it ends up coming to the manufacturer end up doing it, and sitting there and watching us not lose the sale, but lose the customer, the lifetime value of the customer, that's when we start seeing brick-and-mortar retailers go out of business. 
And like you said, you you understand that they're they're marketing people that they hire. That is their ultimate goal of crush and destroy. And they can possibly do it by making money selling from a manufacturer's goods, making profit doing it, and putting them out of business at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that and that same right. goes for the ugliness that happens to brick and mortar retailers that they they pop up and they destroy those around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 you know, we love to talk about the good things and the good people uh, that happen in the industry, and I would love that that's all that ends up happening, but we can't be uh, blind and deaf. We have to actually look around and see what happens uh, and know that this really exists out there, and it will help the brick-and-mortar retailer decide what goes in their shop and why. You know, not necessarily this is uh, a cigar I happen to love. I want to bring this in because I love what it tastes like. This is best for my business, and somebody else loves this cigar too. Mm-hmm. And uh, retailers no, Dave, need to see it, and, I, and somebody needs to have the balls to say it. And I want to thank McAuliffe for really being the first ones to say, you know what, we're going to say the way it is. And, and at the beginning of I was saying, is it ignorance that they're doing this, that they don't know that they're saying what they're saying? And it's not. It's, <laughs> it's being honest to God, truth, tr- tr- tell the truth. And I think we need to hear more of it. You know, Dave, I talked about the, the role brick and mortars have in advocacy too. The other thing we have at McAuliffe is we're very pro-growth in, in having new smokers join us in the, the community of cigars. And that happens at the brick and mortar. And so when these other parasites target brick and mortars, they're actually shrinking our industry because we grow because our community grows at the brick and mortar in our neighborhoods. And we're very clear on that. Again, we exclusively build for family-owned brick and mortars. Yes. And the... A brick-and-mortar store creates a new cigar smoker. They may come in for some little event or something that goes on Mm -hmm. and see it and try their first cigar. They didn't try their first cigar online. I promise you that doesn't happen (laughs) of it. They went into a cigar shop. They purchased their first cigar, and that's when the the fun of their life in the cigar industry begins of trying these different things. And I even say to any uh, consumer – that buy cigars. If you're smoking the same cigar every day, every day, every day, you're missing part of the of the love of this industry. You need to try these other things and get out of your way and try something you, you're uncomfortable with, maybe. Yeah, and I, I certainly, as a smoker, before I became the leader at McAuliffe, it was my tobacconist who helped guide me into other cigars and brands that I didn't know were existing. And it's been a wonderful journey smoking different products across the industry. And the McAuliffe brand grew within a cigar shop. Uh, I heard a little bit about it, which was that you guys were in a cigar shop and the, the car broke down or something of a, of a cigar roller. And the next thing you know, a cigar brand was born. Yeah, the Gomez Sanchez family never was able to capitalize. They're great at blending and processing tobacco. They were traveling across the United States trying to sell their cigars. They didn't have the proper marketing and distribution channels that we have available to us today. And we met them in our favorite cigar shop in Fort Worth. And Al started, he tipped his toe into the water and said, can you make me some cigars? Well, he loved them. And then the question that Al had, he has a nose for finding opportunity. Al is infinitely better at spotting entrepreneurial activities than I am. And he said, we could make this work inside the McAuliffe family portfolio of businesses 
the cigar. It's a, it's a product that we love. And today we're deeply invested and it's a very important company for us. You know, you mentioned your other businesses. How many businesses does McAuliffe own <laughs> and does he allow them to cross pollinate or does he make sure to keep them completely separate? <clears throat> well, from a legal and tax side, they're very separate from a strategy of operations. There's tremendous uh, collaboration. The restaurant, we served a quarter of a million people dinner last year. So that is a large at scale restaurant. We have the ranch. We do hunting at the ranch We land development, the silicone business, which is what started everything and the cigar business. Those are the primary businesses. They all usually have a manufacturing perspective to them. You know, we run the hunting as though it was an inventory of animals that people can come to the ranch and hunt. It's a very different approach. And the one company that put the McAuliffe name on it, none of the other ones have the McAuliffe name added to it, but the one company is the cigar business. This is, this is the legacy company and Al McAuliffe's passion for cigars, but even more so for what cigars do. They bring us together and they build bridges and conversations. Again, and you would think... Somebody who owns multiple businesses, the one that they would not attach their name to would be the tobacco one because there's such negative to it. And I got to give hats off again to them for going forward and saying, no, this is the one we are going to attach our name to. Everybody else would do quite the opposite. You know, and earlier you mentioned uh, how big the brick and mortar community is in, in fighting for, you know, cigar rights and what have you. But I remember this story that Al McAuliffe told uh, regarding $2 bills and how you can prove something is really community driven. And I'm curious if you'd feel comfortable telling that story. Yeah, no problem. You know, I was building the silicone business here in Weatherford, Texas, and there were some tax issues that came up at the municipal level and uh, the current city council, this is history, but it's still applicable was uh, going to just tax the biggest businesses in the County to try to reach their goals. And Al was against that. So to demonstrate the impact that the company had in the county, he ordered from the Federal Reserve a truck with $2 bills. And he was going to make his payroll in only $2 bills until the city finally realized that our companies are a major part of being a good community instead of a target to tax. And as those $2 bills flooded Weatherford and Parker County, People began to realize very quickly as that money circulated, you don't want to kill the people that provide you safety and security. So smart. Yeah, and that's true about the cigar industry. You know, you put a cigar lounge in a community, it creates safety within the community. It, It creates the meeting point where people can discuss local issues. As a collective unit, we could fight against cigar taxes. Community is very important to the cigar industry. And to the consumer, I'll say that I know sometimes you're going to see a cigar brand a little cheaper online. And, you know, everybody cares about their, their wallet and what they have. But what a major mistake it is when they end up going to save a few dollars and what ends up happening within the community until that cigar shop is gone. And then it's too late. At that point, for them to realize, oh, my God, look what I had here. And to save 50 cents, a dollar, whatever I ended up saving, uh, what I lost. You know, it's like stepping over a, uh, over a, a, di- a, a dollar to pick up a dime or whatever. The same thing. I mean, you have to appreciate um, 
having that in your community uh, that and stick up for them mm-hmm. when nobody likes politics either. But when these things are happening within your your and don't look at FDA to tr- I mean um, PCA <laughs> to help your city ordinance that ends up mm-hmm. happening because they can't be everywhere. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's up to you, the consumer. Of course, the retailer is fighting, mm-hmm. but you show up all by yourself or you show up with twenty of your customers too. Mm-hmm. What a difference! That that makes Huge. when you, when you when you write into your legislator when you when you stand up for them and and let it be heard when they're all by themselves and and I'm one of them I closed the uh, three businesses in Massachusetts years ago because I had a fight by myself I couldn't get anybody to fight along wouldn't they that was 25 years ago wouldn't they love to have the, us 20 retailers that, that are gone now all this time uh, they would love it and the and the tax probably would have stopped at that point instead mm-hmm. of growing and getting worse and worse as time went on. Dave, from the chat room, Casey Carter says that Dan looks like he could make a mean meatball. Uh, Any chance (laughs) for a McAuliffe meatball entry? I don't know. I I, I know that uh, they they have restaurants. I'm sure they can cook, right? (laughs) Can I collaborate with my wife? She makes a killer one. There we go. Absolutely. (laughs) Right now, I need to get to the poll question of the week, and that's brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. And each week you can head over to thecigarauthority.com and cast your vote. And the question of the week is brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. Each week we pit a number of people against each other to eliminate. And this week, if you were forced to remove one actor from existence, which actor would it be? And the choices were Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, Marlon Brando, and Joe Pesci. And I could tell Dave was bored at home because he actually voted there this we week. I heard you talking on somebody else's show. Dave just voted. Yeah. <laughs> you scared Barry, though. He yes. thought it was I saw that email. I was like, oh, what did I just say that I shouldn't have said? <laughs> uh, but getting the least amount of votes was Al Pacino, followed by Jack Nicholson. Joe Pesci was in third. And Robert De Niro was voted off the island oh. with 30.5% yeah, of the vote. Yeah, it might be vote. his politics. And... And of the people that voted, at least half of them said it's because he can't keep his mouth shut. There we go. That, that <laughs> becomes a big problem in here. But I say the opposite in the cigar industry. We need to open our mouths and start talking about it. Uh, Al McAuliffe, which uh, you, I, I was quoted on a uh, somebody else, somebody's show, and they said, who would you like to meet in the cigar industry? And this is before I had met Al McAuliffe. And I said, I'd love to meet Al McAuliffe because you're talking about a highly successful businessman uh, in a lot of different businesses that got into the cigar industry industry of all things and I, I you know I was just dying to talk to him and uh, I was very honored you guys came up and uh, we got to uh, sit and talk uh, and here is Al McAuliffe uh, in the cigar industry now Al if, if I'm not uh, mistaken is going to turn 80 years old this year he's, he's going to turn 80 years young and uh, we're going to have a lot of t- fun celebrating his birthday beautiful and so he got in the business when he was in his 70s. He got into this business. That's 75, is, and this is Al's birthday collection of cigars that'll be coming for. for wow. You guys. Wow. Um, unbelievable, which, which is a good sign for me. I'm 62. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm getting old for this industry, but believe me, I'm looking at Al McAuliffe and saying, okay, I got 20 more to go at least. I'm just going to be watching him and know how much longer, but he's passionate about it. He loves it. And uh, 
Is there any plan for him to step down, or is he just going to keep going and going? As I say to my accountant and lawyer all the time, I'm going to die at the desk. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Al has shifted from his daily responsibilities to Mike McAuliffe, who runs the restaurant and the ranches, and myself and Amanda, who run the other businesses. And so he's getting to enjoy being chairman of the board. He's very active in a strategic sense, and I think that he'll continue to do that until the day we don't have him anymore. But it's allowed him to have a little more fun in life, which he he well deserves. Sure does. He seems like a guy that likes to have fun, too, so uh, that's good. <laughs> Just away from work uh, for the week for me was driving me crazy. <laughs> I, have to, I have to learn how to uh, have some fun. Uh, but um, you mentioned his, his daughter, and um, I think she brings a lot into the industry. Uh, great, great to meet her. Um, and there is something with McAuliffe and women. Explain that, what's going on. Well, starting with Al, Al's company... 50 years old, and most of the executives are ladies. Al really enjoys the, the strength that women can bring in leadership positions. Amanda naturally grew up in that environment. So when we talk about being pro-growth for the industry at McAuliffe Cigars, we think that the, the women audience has a real opportunity to grow for the next five years, like it did in the whiskey industry. And so we really emphasize that we're building great cigars for both men and women to enjoy but we do provide some extra emphasis to the uh, to new women who are beginning to smoke. And, and I love your approach to it, looking outside this industry, where most people look within our industry with really uh, the growth and potential and thought process should be outside the industry. If more women are drinking whiskey than ever before, why shouldn't more women be smoking cigars? They should. They should and they are. I see They love it. the same things we do. They do. And I, I see that more entrepreneurial also of women opening cigar shops and cigar bars across the country. I don't know if you ma- made note of that uh, this year at the trade show, uh, looking around at the audience. Let me tell you, back into the into the 80s and 90s, uh, it was a sausage fest. I mean, it was only, only guys <laughs> you, you there. You owe me a quarter. <laughs> uh, that women are getting into it, and they're getting into it in a big, big way. Well, you know, it's funny, Dave. From the manufacturing side, over half our factory are women. They play an absolutely critical role in creation of cigars, and we're not unique in the industry. So the fact that women consumers haven't been as active in enjoying cigars, it's kind of crazy. And today we know that women are in all levels of leadership of cigar companies and retail shops, owners, general managers, tobacconists, and we just think that it's a real opportunity to grow the industry. Absolutely. I, I, I'm so excited for the McAuliffe brand, uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, and I, I think the other manufacturers should actually be watching you, not you watching them, what they're doing. It should be the other way around. I hope it is. Uh, look to the future. I'm, I'm looking at McAuliffe. Uh, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. I could spend hours and hours uh, talking with you. Uh, it, it's very interesting to me of watching uh, this little brand grow up. And I'll be watching from afar. So uh, thank you. I, I am uh, an ambassador of uh, McAuliffe Cigars. I believe in it. And you guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We're very grateful for all the help that we've had. And we're excited about the next years. All right. That's uh, Dan 
Thompson, uh, thank you for joining us. And McAuliffe, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I was away for a week. Uh, and before that, a week from the trade show. And uh, things have already come in uh, for the show. And Barry's going to give us a little report of some of the new stuff already arriving uh, in the shops. And we are live right now in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, my friend, the time is now. For just $29.99, you get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke those cigars along with you during the show. Is that really a benefit? I think it is. We will judge the construction, flavor, strength, and review the cigars, and you'll see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for just $29.99. And you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up now. That's the Cigar Authority Care Package. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast. Or better yet, Passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th Anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th Anniversary has also been named a Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list 
on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Hank Kellner and my son. Plus Peter Kellner and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we are back, fresh off the PCA Cigar Trade Show, and we did some buying, and some of it's showing up already. I'm hearing the trucks are pulling. Oh, <laughs> it's pulling. at the point where I have to go out the back door to take a leak because I can't get to the bathroom because wow. we're aisles are full. All right, and our warehouse is, uh, we'd, we'd say, um, three weeks. Three weeks away. Yeah. Three, uh, little holdups, but. Dave, I got a message here from Mr. Jonathan. Do you want to hear it? Sure. <laughs> An audio? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. He's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> to us, nothing. <laughs> We're doing without him. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going great. Yeah, that was a good yeah. interview. I'm uh, actually getting a chance to speak. There we go. <laughs> uh, and uh, we just had Dan on from McAuliffe Cigars. I uh, wrapping it up uh, the medallia. Yeah. Um, great cigar. Great. <laughs> what a good, really good cigar mm-hmm. to have as a first cigar after a week off. Mm-hmm. But we are going to light up a second McAuliffe cigar uh, that just made its way through the doors. Yes, and it is the second cigar is the McAuliffe Little A also known as Spike, because that was Arthur Fonzarelli's little cousin, Spike Fonzarelli. Oh, really? <laughs> he was the little A. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's uh, manufactured in Nicaragua by McAuliffe Cigars. The size is 4x46, and it features a Nicaragua Maduro Sumatra binder and fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. A single is 569, and a box of 50 is 247.99. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't do the math to figure out what How that is. How much is a single? Five sixty nine. All right. Oh, that's a nice price. So it's roughly four ninety nine ish per single by the box. It's a savings of almost thirty seven dollars or thirteen percent off the box price from twoguyscigars.com. dot com. If you're too far away from a brick and mortar that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. dot com. That's the number two guyscigars.com. dot com. The problem with this one is the last time he made a little cigar like this, it was unbelievably right. great. Mm-hmm. So it's it's coming off of that. I cheated. I smoked one yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah. Am I okay with this? Yeah, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Really? Yeah. All right. I, I have not, so uh, here's my second cigar uh, going. Have you had one yet? No, and Ted Hughes says he refers to this size as the Sullivan. Ah. Uh-huh. 
All right, time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. I'm still bothered by my voice, crackling voice. They say that's part of it this time, that it's the voice. I saw that. Yep, that'll linger for a couple weeks, maybe. It has been a couple weeks because uh, I was complaining day one one. at the show. Cold draw, caramel, and coconut. But that could be because I had caramel coconut (laughs) in my coffee. I'm sure it is. (laughs) I'm I'm actually sure that that's what it is because I don't have that. We're going to go ahead and light up our cigar with the Vertigo Blizzard, which is a one-click process to light the cigar. It features three flames with double wall protection, the patented big-ass tank, as well as a big-ass adjustment wheel. The Vertigo Blizzard is only $9.99. On the cold draw, Smarties. Remember those little mm, yep. things there? Yep. One of those things was like a little Smarty. But Smarties are different in Canada. You're not so smart? <laughs> That's right. No, yes. it's more like an M&M kind of candy. Oh. Yeah. I think UK as well. Okay. Oh. Stronger than I thought it was going to be. A little cherry sweetness. Well, it's it's small, so it's going to be strong. Stronger than the last cigar I had. If we were on the ash holes and I had to give it an early early thing, I would say uh, pretty full-bodied cigar right off the bat. I got a number. Hmm. Eight? (laughs) Seven. I, I think oh, that, surprise. <laughs> we should start having you write it down in advance. Yeah. Wow, little, little powerhouse right there. Mm-hmm. You said somebody was saying a firecracker. Here it is. It's a Whoa. little boof right off the bat. Uh, we're going. So uh, this is a new cigar in stock. Yeah, it's one of the new cigars that have come in. Uh, in we got in a few other things. Uh, came in before the show, but we'll include La Mezcla Cubana on the list. And stuff that came in over the last three days, really two days, is the West Tampa Tobacco Company. Ah, both uh, uh, black, black and, and white. white. Okay. Uh, we got the 724 Five and Dime PCA exclusive. That's been a couple of years in the making. Yeah. Didn't realize it was a barber pole. It's uh, yes. two dark wrappers. You have to look at it really closely. Uh, the Toscano Master Aged 1, 2, and 3 have yep. showed up. Uh I would say medium, medium plus, full body. Yeah, and um, I have it broken down on the website. You go to twoguyscigars.com, but one of them's like an Italian Puro, one of yes. them's an American Puro, and one of them utilizes both, both. countries. And can you buy them Singles. separate? Yes, you can. And they did the smart thing. The band says one, well, two, two or three, three on it. Mm. But you need to buy all three, right? Yeah, you got to try them all. Yeah, you got to do one, two, three. I did it before. I know which one I like best, but I'm not going to sway the public. Right. Uh, we also got in the Aganorsa Validation Series in mm. both the Corojo and the Maduro. Okay. And uh, we got in the Freud Super Ego, ah. which I lit up yesterday, and that's a really good cigar. I, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. I, I had the honor to try that yeah. almost a year ago, yeah. uh, early stages. As that went on, tried it again when I was at the show. Uh, I think we have a winner there. Uh, that was, uh, you know, to most people didn't even know that was coming out or what was going on. Uh, I think that was a standout. Where, where's that land price-wise? It's which, not, which one? The Freud? The Freud. 
off the top of my head, uh, fifteen, sixteen dollar range, seventeen dollar range, and uh, I'm hesitant to admit it uh, to mention it because there was only two boxes left on Friday. There's nobody to run the inventory right now, and it's sharing the inventory with the store. So chances are you might order it. We might have to cancel the order, but we also got into Rojas KSG. And you've been pushing that. Of, um, I have it on my desk. I didn't smoke it at the show, nor did I smoke it since I've been back. Oh, Ed Sullivan's got a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have a single one sitting on my desk. Okay. So there's one box left. All right. <laughs> so uh, you loved it. I, I enjoyed it immensely. All right. Uh, I like the Super Taco better, but the KSG is a really good cigar. His booth, he's a, he's a, you, you made that call years in advance mm. of the, uh, got to give it to you. He was, he was happening. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was hard to, to do yeah. business because they were so busy. <laughs> um, so good, good for him. Uh, looking forward to that. So, yeah. And uh, all the cigars we mentioned, if you go to twoguyscigars.com, the rotator on the top, the all the new cigars will show up. You can also go in a search thing and say new things, new items is yeah. one of the options. It'll and, show and up on the new items. But then you got to go a certain way. There's like four options of new items. Yeah, they created. Uh, you could go backwards and forwards. Price point. There's a whole lot of options. I believe we have the default where it shows the proper way. But whatever you looked at last will default to that. All right, because it doesn't work for me each time, and I yeah. keep saying to myself, can you just make it one way, the, the newest shows I'll, I'll open up a ticket with our web host and see if uh, we could change that option. Weren't we changing the whole website? We were, but that that's probably not going to happen with the new RMH. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That was uh, years of work, effort. Yeah. Put into yeah, nothing. we were going to change our whole POS and everything, but uh, I don't know how RMH and that would interact with each other. We need a serious web guy. That's serious. Yes. We need somebody. I can go in and make changes, but I can't yeah. create from scratch. Yeah. I know we my need. shortcomings. Yeah. So if somebody out there... It's like serious. Work, serious wants to work for cigars and live here. I need you, I need you here. I know web guys, you, know, you don't have to be here. You can be operating from anywhere. Now you need to be able to strangle you. I got <laughs> I to be able to put my hands on you, which is probably illegal. But Yeah, I mean, you've, you've definitely changed me, the fear of strangulation. Right. So. <laughs> no, I, I definitely need to. So uh, uh, the, the new stuff is pouring in, which I'm happy to see also. Uh, yes, I ordered the cigars, but sometimes it takes months and months. I, I was shocked and I have a white photo box, and they kept piling it up with new things, and I got to photograph them. I'm like, in years past, at least it was spread out. This feels like everything's showing up at once. Yeah, because I don't think it was all that many things that we bought, um, more than normal, um, but uh, the stuff's arriving, which is really nice to see. Right. Um, uh, is, is that a sign that um, things have they're, slowed down? And they're, they're caught up. Can, caught up. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, what that seems to be happening. Uh, okay, it's it's time to ask the Dawn by Don Rafael Cigars. It's time to ask the Don. Brought to you by Don Rafael Cigars. Don Rafael Cigars are premium cigars. Premium. Mellow and smooth. Built for every man's Everyday enjoyment. Don Rafael cigars. Now, here is the question of the week. 
And props to Jonathan because he sent in the question along with his answer. There we go. Uh, Owen Logue writes, uh, Hi all, this is a specific question for Mr. J. I have really been enjoying cigars with Corojo tobacco in them. I feel like I should read with my finger like he does. <laughs> yeah, you should. But I think I like specific Corojo tastes over others. My first venture into Corojo tobacco was the 22 North by 83 West Bellicosa. And I loved how sweet and nutty the taste of the cigar was. I got the same flavor profile taste from the Aladino, Rocky Patel Edge Corojo, and the Asylum Corojo that I also really enjoyed. In trying other cigars with Corojo wrappers and fillers, in the Aladino Corojo Reserver, the Guardian of the Farm Servers, and the Camacho Corojo, I noticed a bit more of a pepper taste that I did not on the others. Does Nicaraguan Corojo have more of a fuller, harsher taste to it than the Brazilian or other types of Corojo? As always, love the show each week and looking forward to hearing your take. And Jonathan takes is 2283, the original blend of Edge Corojo. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't shoot me. I'm just reading what he wrote. Stock same, same guy that did it, Jesus Fuego, but it's uh, absolutely not true. That's a five tobacco blend of Corojo. Yep. That's the unique thing about 2283 mm. is it's five different countries of Corojo, so it's unique in that way. Stock Aladino, Asylum, and Edge Corojo are all examples of true, authentic Corojo. They are a blend of mid to lower primings, which presents as sweeter. Corojo Reserva uses higher primings on the Robusto, and it uses the Corona leaves on the very top of the plant. This is why it's less sweet and more spicy. The other cigars you mentioned utilize Corojo 98 or 99, which has a salty taste. The spice you are getting comes from the Criollo 99 or 98, which is very peppery when grown in Nicaragua. Aganosa grows both of these seed strains, but Criollo is not very popular. Not true. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> so even when it's used, it's not always highlighted as part of the blend. I hope this helps. Great question. Not so great answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's different, um, of course, the growing regions, but what they blend it with. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about an all-Corojo blend, even 2283, it's five different Corojos, but blended together as different Corojos, it's going to be different mm-hmm. as opposed to take Aladino, for instance, the regular Corojo, mm-hmm. which is all that regular Corojo, oh, yep. not including that top, top priming, right. that's where I, I think you get the real true taste of it. Mm. Now you start adding things and subtracting mm. things from it, <clears throat> your different ingredients are in there. Yeah, you go into a higher prime and it's cooked under the sun a little bit more, it's going to have a, a different characteristic. Have you had the Aladino um, Classic? Yes, I have. N- no Corojo or very little Corojo? Very little Corojo in the filler. Yeah, very, very different cigar than than the other ones. So Aladino makes a great cigar, but you're, you're missing the Corojo element, uh, or, or very subtle that that's in there. You know, you mentioned new cigars earlier. Uh, I failed to mention we also got in the 60 ring gauge on the Aladino Connecticut mm. and the Aladino Cameroon. Which I had the Connecticut of, and it was fabulous. Uh before the show, he was nice enough to send one of those uh, because he heard me whining about sending it to me in advance. Look what ended up happening, that I haven't had a cigar. There's things piled up that I'm considering buying, but i got to try the cigar first. And now a whole week has gone by. And um, what if I lost my, my sense of taste? It'd be a loss of sale, right? Yeah. Of what happened. I don't know how Ed's doing. He had a whole pile. 
He's, he's got you to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that soon. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I heard Barry on uh, Cigar Pulpit. Mm. I listened to that yesterday. Um, or should I call it um, the Pulpit Authority? From what <laughs> I'm understanding, he was trying to get a second show, a th- second show, third, fourth show going. The Pulpit Authority is actually pushing for. Huh. I figured it'd be cool. We both uh, smoke a lot of the same cigars, talk a little bit about the cigars we smoked that week. and you know, I think He's already could... doing two shows himself. Yeah, and he was all for it. Because everybody's always asking me, what do I smoke each week? And I answer it 50 times. But And I also heard that the Liquor Authority might be having a podcast. Yeah, I've been uh, talking with Pamela Barron about doing that, who's been up on the show. Yeah. And uh, we both have a love of whiskey. Just need a third person. You know, maybe we can get you lick it up before uh, the show each I'm, week. I don't think I'm good for that. Or maybe Brett in the audience would like to partake in it. But, you know, it, two of the three spots are filled. And I'm hoping maybe October, November to start that up. The Liquor Authority, the Pulpit Authority. There's a new uh, <laughs> podcast here happening at Studio 21. Um, it's Stock Market Authority. Uh, I, I sent well, something. Well, the Pulpit Authority was a work in progress. We could call it something else. <laughs> well, you know what problem I had with that uh, little podcast Barry was on? <laughs> Although nobody even asked him. He took it upon himself to vote me off, off the, the island. island. It wasn't even yeah. a question. It asked. wasn't a question. So nope. he does this one must go, and I thought he was going to say, "All right, of the three co-hosts, who must go?" But then the time had passed. It wasn't until he had to get it in at the very yeah. end. There, tried again, right? Yeah, I thought you were going there. Nope, I'm not going there. And then he still brought it in. He had the determination to throw you off the island for whatever. Yeah, because I figured everybody thought I would say Jonathan. And but let me pick on Mr. Delightful. He, he really just <laughs> diminished what I do, right? We'll just get another producer. When you're not here, he goes into panic mode that he has to produce. Oh. He knows how to do it, you know. Yeah, I hate mm-hmm. doing it. He hates it. Right. So what happens to, if there's the liquor authority or the pulpit authority, who's the producer? Well, if I, if we do, if I do a weekly show with uh, the guys from the Cigar Pulpit about what we smoked that week, they would handle it. I would just call in. Yeah. Oh, all right. Might I recommend yeah. you, you get better audio? Mm. I almost had to shut it off. Your audio was not the greatest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not the greatest. It was okay. It was uh, I could listen to I'll it. I'll have to get a new but headset. But between uh, he's out in the yard and the, they're cutting uh, the, the grass, grass behind him. That yeah. was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Get a microphone. Or get, you know. Well, I had the headset on with the microphone. Or I guess I just needed a better one. You could just get a producer. They're easy to get. Yeah. You can get them. Yep. They're yeah, expensive, I mean, though. Are they? <laughs> I mean, we, we replaced yeah. one already, so. <laughs> uh, and I do want to say, I, I went back and reviewed, you know, excluding the after show, we've doubled the listeners in the time I've been here. Coincidence? I think not. not. No. We've doubled the listeners. Doubled. It, it, it's crazy. It is crazy. In the last almost five years, we've doubled the audience. We're in our 13th year. How is this possible <laughs> that it continues to grow? When, when the... You know, when does it stop growing? Jim Collison says you need a good podcast coach, Barry. Yeah, does he know one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's come up, right? He's the reason why uh, Bruno exists again, right? Yeah. We got a louder cowbell. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Tinkerbell. He's coming up for the two guys anniversary party, right? Is he? I don't know. Did he buy a ticket? I don't know. I don't know. He better be here or... He's dead to I, us. I heard that I'm doing a podcast sh- show about podcasting with him while I'm up he- while he's up here. I thought, yeah, Nick's coming up. Uh, I'm going to pick him up at the airport since he's landing practically in my backyard. He's got pulpit, Nick. Yeah, 
Uh, he's landing up in Manchester. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I heard you say if you're going to Manchester, he is. Yeah. Two minutes from my house. I don't right. know. You've never met him? No. No? No, nah, but we text regularly. All and, right. Uh, Good guy. Yeah. Dave Scooter says that we three are great, but missing Mr. J today, think his estrogen level helps balance things out. Of course. It's just not the same without the whole gang. But next week, there's no Barry. Right. And then the following week, God willing, everybody, the whole group back together. So we get that to look forward yeah. to. Next week's a really sad story. Sad story? Yeah, because my friend's getting married. It was supposed to be in October. She moved up the wedding. Because uh, her mom wasn't doing well. Yeah. The day after she moves up the wedding, her mom passes away. So she can't attend the wedding. I wasn't going to go in October because that's when my grandchild's due. Uh, So I'm going to wind up driving down for that. All right. All right. Hmm. All right. The show must go on. We will continue it. But what is going to happen right now is the confessional. And last week, um, we ended up having... uh, Jonathan and his hidden plates. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see what we got this week. It's Barry on the line here. Let's get into the confessional. It's time for the confessional. Brought to you by All Saints Cigars, featuring the All Saints St. Francis. Voted the 2021 Cigar of the Year. All Saints Cigars. In the name of the Churchill, Toro, and Robusto. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And how long has it been, my son, since your last St. Francis uh, uh, confession? It's been one week since my last confession. And what is it that you have to confess today, my son? Well, forgive me, Father Peg. (laughs) Ed Sullivan, Ed Santa Maria, rather, comes back from the trade show with a bag full of samples. Yeah. And you took them all. Puts them down on the table, goes, I need to smoke this one, and I need to smoke this one, taking two out of the 50. And he goes, take what you want. I took the other 48. Wow. I haven't had this. I haven't had that. I haven't had this. So there was none left for anybody else in the store. He's like, what did you do? You said, take what I want. So I took what I wanted. That'll never happen again, huh? (laughs) Probably will because we'll be in the warehouse. So, a dozen people working in that place and uh, forty-eight cigars. What would you take? There's forty-eight cigars left. I'd take half a dozen at the most if there were something I really wanted to try. Kind of do the math and say how many people is enough so everybody can have four. Sure. Maybe take I six. figured he had for the others because he says take what you want. He didn't say take some and leave for others. He said, take what you so, want. So that's gluttony, I would say. Uh, I, was, bing, I was gluttonous. Bingo McTavish said, cigar gluttony. That's gluttony. So what does uh, the, the uh, father... The penance? Penance. What is the penance for that? Oh, for the... Lo- who, in, what, who does that? <laughs> for your penance, smoke two Churchills, three Robustos, all Saint cigars this week. He'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) I saved all that money on 48 cigars, so I could buy a few. He may even have samples of those. There we go. There we go. Uh, It looks like they had a great show, too. So uh, that's going. The after show today, we're talking about a cigar that was at the show that we are not taking on. And I'll tell you the story behind that and why I'm not taking that cigar on. And that'll be the after show. But next week... Um, don't be afraid of the dark. Um, we are smoking 
mild, smooth, sweet Maduros nice. the way they're supposed to be. And the following week brings us into August. That will be with no Barry. So when we get the whole band back together, uh, we are smoking backwards versus frontwards. So we're smoking two cigars, the same cigar, one backwards, one frontwards. And uh, they are torpedoes. So it ought to be interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Never been done before. Uh, we're running out of material, folks. <laughs> smoking backwards. On the torpedo, smoking that backwards, are you still going to cut that so you can light it more easily? Um, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you got to cut it. I, I would think at least a little cut to mm. get it going. All right. yeah, you got to ignite the filler. and. Mm. So I have smoked cigars backwards. There were cigars at the trade show, two different versions mm. that you could smoke either way. Uh, we had this planned, obviously, a long time, time ago, ago yep. uh, of it, but it's actually the same cigar. Are they going to smoke differently? The answer is yes, they mm -hmm. are going to smoke differently because it's the direction of the leaf. One is either going to start strong and get milder. The other one should get milder and start stronger. Mm -hmm. One could unravel. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, and a torpedo, I'm a little bit worried right. about unraveling. Well, if we thought, let's go, go to the torpedo. Mm -hmm. And it is part of the Cigar Authority care package, so uh, mm -hmm. everybody can try this along or just uh, smoke two nice torpedoes <laughs> at the same time. But we're going to go uh, side by side. And uh, go through the whole show. Yeah, and everybody should get their packages in time by the 6th. They may not ship out on the 27th, but you'll get them in time for the 6th. Okay. And uh, also, we're going to do uh, 15 things you don't know about the Cigar Authority in an upcoming show. Uh, so I need some uh, things we don't know about you and us. Well, we know I'm greedy and gluttonous Yes, now. we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, and, and that leaves um, uh, Ed Sullivan for next week's confessional. Are you ready for the confessional? I'll come up with something. All right, come up with something so we can get to the, get to that. Um, and this is something he should uh, show up on a confessional someday of some of his stories that he tells. But right now it's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum cigars. <laughs> <laughs> and in Virginia, the cancel culture has struck again. Kelly and her husband, G.W. Hart, purchased a bar and decided to call it the G-Spot as her husband often goes by the nickname G. The city council, however, had issues with the name, stating the G-Spot was offensive toward women and demanded the bar change the name. The bar owners complied, opening up a renaming contest on their Facebook page, and they opted for Off the Rails, which was a comment on what they felt the city council was. If you ask me, the city council did them a favor, since no one would be able to find the G-Spot anyways. And that's <laughs> not only insane, it's asylum. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't like that they're doing, telling people... What to call their what, business. What to do. I, I have a problem with this whole telling people how to market, promote, run their business the way they run their business, and let they... I always had the problem with uh, making, a, making a restaurant 
go no smoking. Yeah, they uh, they should offer a license and allow the restaurant owner Why to choose. Why even pay a license? It's the choice of the... Of the uh, how about... Uh, you need a liquor license, so why not a, a, a cigar license? Because you're not selling cigars. I, I'm talking about a restaurant that you can go in and you can smoke if the owner chooses to do it. If, if they say you got to put a sign up, a big orange sign that says this is a smoking establishment, warning. Those that chose to go in would choose to go in and those that didn't. And then the industry would change in the direction that it's automatically going to change in. Most would go no smoking because most people don't tolerate smoking. I went to a restaurant in Richmond, Virginia when I went to South Carolina last summer. And it was a restaurant recommended by Glenn Loop that allowed cigar smoking in the restaurant. How great is that? And I picked it because of that. Correct. The place was packed. Needed a reservation to get in. The food was phenomenal. And my wife thought it was freaking awesome. Yep. So. Let people do it. If you don't want to go to the G spot, you say, that's offensive to me. I'm not going. Don't go. Don't go. And then some people will go all the more. Yep. So just leave, let people be what they want to be. We're smoking the McAuliffe small A. Big on flavor, not small. Huge on flavor, a little cherry, a little cocoa. I'd say it went espresso. from an eight to a, to a seven. Right. So you became correct. Six. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, Bur- it's still a seven. I'll agree with you on this one. Burning slow. We got a half hour so far out yeah. of this little cigar. Yeah. But I have to go to you, Ed Sullivan, because this would be one that I would pick up, smoke, and say, this is an Ed Sullivan cigar. Is it? It is. Yeah. I, I could see. Buying boxes of these, the price seems very attractive. Wow. By the box, you're talking under five dollars a cigar? Absolutely. Yeah. All day. Yeah, about four ninety eight. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh will small cigars become all that? It's yeah, like a long everybody refers to these as dog walkers in the winter because it's too cold. It's gonna be a hundred degrees here today and tomorrow. This is a good summer cigar too, yeah. when it's too hot if you have to smoke outside. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I, I, mm-hmm. So far, I like cigars again. <laughs> Thank God this worked out that I'm actually loving cigars. Um, they're fantastic. My God. <laughs> you ever take a week off? No. Uh, yeah, when I had pneumonia. But, yeah. yeah. But we're talking years ago. Same thing. Pneumonia. Yeah. It's hard to smoke through pneumonia. Boy, that was interesting. Of, uh, I, I don't want to do it again, but... Uh, Take another week off, but it was interesting to do it. Hey, once every 38 years, I pay to do it. (laughs) Do do it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we got letters in the mailbox, three of them, and a prize to give away. Uh, It's the Mr. Jonathan free weekend, so let's celebrate. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1989, Nestor and Mariana Miranda 
have subscribed to one family, one vision with Miami Cigar and Company. Since their inception, the Miranda family has fulfilled their dream by creating some of the best cigars on the market today. Cigars like Nestor Miranda Special Selection, which is produced in Nicaragua, featuring an oily Nicaraguan Havana wrapper that the Cigar Authority named their 2019 Cigar of the Year, and the Don Lino Africa, which celebrates Nestor's love of big game animals. These soft box-pressed cigars feature an authentic Cameroon binder, which creates delicious nuances and crescendos. Miami Cigar invites you to try these brands at your favorite tobacconist. You only have one life. How will you live yours? Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Sono Michael Cappellini dal Toscano Cigars. Stai ascoltando al Cigar Authority sul United Podcast Network. Michael Cappellini, Michael Cappellini is uh, in Italy right now. On his yep. honeymoon. On his honeymoon. Consummating his marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Waited a long time. I mean, he had to wait for his honeymoon, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Well, when are you going to Italy? I hope next year. I hope May. Can you take another week? Can you deal with not working for another week? That close That'll together? Be, that's one of those I think I got a lot to see in a short period yeah. of time. It'll be like crazy. I'll be looking for a vacation when I come back mm-hmm. from it. I got to do it. Yep. I think so. Uh, we are smoking the McAuliffe Small A. Spike. 
the spike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice little cigar, and uh, one of the uh, new ones uh, that already arrived uh, from the trade show. So uh, it's a whole new world out there of cigars. If you're saying, well, I've been, what's new? I haven't seen a lot of new things. Look around. Go to your favorite brick-and-mortar stores. These cigars are uh, showing up. It feels like they shipped them a lot quicker this year than yeah. in years past. Yeah, years past that it trickle in over time yep. and now it's all hitting at once absolutely um all right so we got no barry um next week uh we'll do the show anyway and uh we got jonathan will be back uh i think jonathan's coming back tuesday hmm. tuesday he was ready to come back but he's testing positive and we just safety first safety first safety yeah. first um, all right, so we got a prize to give away, Barry. What are we giving away today? Well, the email of the week is brought to you by Romeo and Julieta, and this week's prize is a red baseball cap, a deck of playing cards, a thing of Noxzema, I mean a Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> and a lighter. And this is the last week of this? Next week will be the last week of this. Next week. But okay. we've already gotten the prize. Oh. They forgot they sent six of this one. They thought they only sent four, so they're yeah. ahead of the curve. That's good for a change. Yes. So let's always be a little ahead. Yeah. Instead of freaking out each time that we have no, nothing to give away. <laughs> and our first email comes from Danny. And Danny writes, new idea. I know coming up with new ideas is hard, so here's hoping it's a new one for you. Good. Since your checkout page on twoguyscigars.com has a comment section, you could do a comment of the week. This would give someone the chance to say something about their selection, give you some feedback, and hopefully add to the conversation. I got the idea because every time I hear the word Lancero on your show, I want to go to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. <laughs> Order one of the TCA Lanceros and put the comment, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Great show again. Looking forward to next week, as always. It's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> we'll see his comments coming in if there's something there, and uh, we can get a sponsor for it. Sure, I like it. Um, I planned on, by now, starting the countdown when we had 100 boxes of Lancero. So right, we're Lancero. not there. But we're not there yet. <laughs> we still have more than 100 boxes left of the 300 that we ordered, so we, the countdown hasn't even begun. I have to figure something out when it comes to these Lanceros, but just because we're mentioning anyway, the Cigar Authority, 12th anniversary <laughs> Lancero, box of 12, $112. Double it up, they'll go twice as fast. Two boxes for 199 or if you get all three, there's three different color boxes. And remember, these are only boxes of 12, so three boxes is like getting a box of cigars. They're Lanceros, they're skinny. Uh, two fifty nine, which brings it down to seven dollars and twenty two cents. Thirty six cigars, free shipping. See what Please. you did, Danny. You made him read it again. <laughs> I said it again. And uh, while that we're here too, I want to mention one other thing: is the Camacho Burger Battle. Mm. The Camacho Burger Battle will take place right here in Studio 21 above Two Guys Smoke Shop on Thursday, August 4th, 2022 at 6 p.m. It's coming up, only a couple weeks away. Thursday, August 4th. Two Guys Smoke Shop, Salem, New Hampshire, where we will pit the Cigar Authority versus Pit Life Barbecue in a burger battle. Representing the Cigar Authority is Mr. Jonathan, who makes a better burger than a meatball. 
It sounds like the same thing, but it's very, very different. He's just going to flatten the meatballs. No, he isn't. And he's representing us. we got to be on his side on here. It's Mr. Jonathan representing the Cigar Authority. And representing Pit Life Barbecue is Johnny Maggs. Johnny Maggs is a man on the grill, man. He knows food. And he's a lot more likable than he Mr. Is. Jay. He is. He is. <laughs> Uh, but we're supposed to be on his side. We're supposed uh, to try. Right. It's going to be tough, yeah. right? Burger versus burger. The price of this is $29.99. Cheap. Cheap. It includes three Camacho cigars, a sample of both burgers, a sample of coconut cartel barbecue sauce, chocolate-covered bacon. That, that's mm. worth the price of admission right there. Coconut cartel rum pairing. One vote to pick which one wins. Mm. And one raffle ticket for a grill, the M16 grill giveaway. Somebody will win that night the grill. The grill is a $1,000 grill by itself. Mm-hmm. So you have a chance, at one out of 40 people, or however many people what, we're going to have. What was that inflation-busting price? Twenty nine ninety nine, Less than $30 to get away from the wife and kids. There we go. So get your tickets now. Uh, seating is limited. It's only twenty nine ninety nine. It's Thursday, August 4th. You're hearing it for the first time. Uh, go and call the shop and get a ticket, right? Yep. So uh, that is that. That's uh, And Danny did the first email. What do yeah. we have for number two? And this one comes from Big Al. Uh, Mr. J really likes your boat ride. And this one's an event idea. And I'm a big fan of cooking shows and get a kick out of the shows that will have trained chefs blindfolded and attempting to identify different foods. I often think of the shows while you are describing flavor profiles of cigars. Experienced and educated chefs are not able to identify flavors, but you guys are able to pull them from a cigar. (laughs) It would be awesome if you had an event where someone like Jonathan Carney hosted a contest presenting foods that you would describe the flavor profile of cigars. It would be interesting to see which one of you would win, and I think it would provide an opportunity for Jonathan to shine because his meatballs aren't getting him anywhere. So what exactly does he want to do? Blindfold us and we sample food. food. And then describe it as a cigar? Cigar. Well, How do you describe it as a cigar? Like you, This tastes just like an Aladino Corojo? Even though it's a sausage? <laughs> I don't know. Watching Jonathan eat a sausage blindfolded might be worth the price yeah. of the <laughs> We blindfolded him many, many years ago, and we did a cigar show with him blindfolded of him guessing what the cigars were. We also did it, we mentioned Camacho. We did it years ago where everybody was blindfolded, and you had a natural Maduro and Corojo, I believe, yep. at the time. And everybody got it wrong. Which was mind-blowing. Yeah. Because with the band on them, you would think, like, the Connecticut is so far different. Correct. But you, with not seeing the band, nobody got it right, like you said. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's amazing what, what tastes mm. do. So, hey, I, two, two good ideas there. Two good ideas. And we have a third one. And this one comes from Alex. I feel like this one might have been done already, but this one comes from Alex and says, Hey, dudes, there's been a recent streak of shit emails, so let's wipe this up. First of all, let me comment on going out on top. If Dave ever kicks the bucket, the show must end. (laughs) Although Johnny's info is well-researched and prepared, it's Mr. Jonathan to you, it honestly belongs in a book. Every show he does could be a chapter. Example, tobacco types, lighter maintenance, driving and smoking, 
Nevertheless, the show is missing a punch when Dave is gone, and it seems exhausting. Onward, a couple ideas for shows potentially. Live rolling by an expert and competition between the hosts. Mm. Rent a crane and have me smoke upside down. <laughs> Bring in a pipe maker and talk about what goes into making a pipe. Ice cream and cigars. That's for us chunky folks. Mm. Have Ed smoke in a coffin. <laughs> no prep show and don't talk about cigars at all. That wouldn't be a stretch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Could be all shit ideas, but at least they're ideas. I like it the all. The end. Bye, Alex. I'll and smoke you- in a coffin. This wasn't done before, right? I never no. heard this before. Uh, maybe he mentioned it last week. I like all three, stage. and I would like to save all three of them. Sure. I think we got three for three. I'll give them to you after I take a photograph okay. of the winner. Of the winner. Um, they're, they're all good ideas. I, of- I like number, number three had multiple ideas, mm-hmm. you know. That's what I thought. I want to make sure we didn't do that one before, but I never I don't heard it recall. before. All right. So, uh, so that's Alex heard. number three. Alex number three. You okay with that? Am I right with number three? Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. They're, they're all good. Three for three as far as I am, but Alex will take that. And I think we got uh, some possibilities of some upcoming shows. And Alex, uh, I'll reach out to you either on the MeWees or through email. Um, congratulations. Although, Dave, there you go. Ideas. Thank you. Ideas. We'll probably have to buy the coffin if we're going to smoke in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can rent the coffin. <laughs> it's remember, not a rental Remember Kiss item. came out with a coffin? Yeah. The Kiss coffin. Can we do the Cigar Authority coffin? Probably sell more of them than the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> Should we come out with a cigar next year for the Cigar Authority or no? Yeah, it can't be a Lancero, though. Because what a loser that was. <laughs> You got to be the anti-Lancero in 9 by 90 All right. We talked about the Liquor Authority, and you talked about Brett possibly being a... uh, It was something I would have asked him to be uh, a co-host, but I don't think he's really interested. So the search for a third... Well, let's ask him. Let's bring him up, and he'll be part of the classic three-way, and we'll we'll get to know him, and this will be like a... uh, a test. A test. Screen, um, consider this your screen, screen test. This is a screen test and see if you have... I know he knows more about the Cigar Authority than we do. Yeah. Because he's actually the one that ended up winning um, the um, contest that we had on the anniversary party um, of trivia question about the Cigar Authority. Hey, Hi, Brad. Hey, Dave. Barry. How hey, you doing, Dave. Ripley Fan 1 says, actually, you can rent coffins. So maybe we should rent one. And rent a coffin. Maybe they what, rent them what if for you people. Missed a payment? Do they repossess it? I don't know what happens. <coughs> Who would rent a coffin for what reason? To smoke, Halloween to smoke a cigar in it. Yeah, the ultimate hot boxing, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what they want. All right, I'm going to give you a pen. You know how this works. Yep. Got one. There you go. Pencil, you, pencil over there, and we're going to do the classic three way, and it's brought to you by Classic Cigars. It's time for This Day in Classic History, brought to you by Classic Cigars. Classic Cigars are now the most affordable cigar brand in America. Priced as low as $2.99 for the Corona and still under 4 bucks for the 6x60. Classic Cigar has something for everyone. The Classic Connecticut is light and smooth. The Classic Maduro is bold but never overpowering. Classic Cameroon sits somewhere in between with hints of sweetness. 
And the classic Cuban is a real knockoff with flavors of old-time Havanas. Classic cigars are sold in cost-saving bundles of 20 and sold in five great sizes. Classic cigars, the most affordable premium handmade cigar in America. Classic cigars. Yeah, Dave, uh, Ripley won again. Ripley fan one says they have liners for cremation and smoke won't bother anybody. What's going to happen? Is the guy inside going to complain? Right. There'll never be complaints. There won't be complaints. No. All right. Who's our champion? Barry. Barry. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. You know how this works? Closest yep. without going over. And uh, I got a. I'm throwing a little monkey wrench into this week's. Last week we didn't do a classic three-way, and it was too good to throw away. So I actually have last week's questions huh. uh, here because I was away and I didn't do new ones. All right. That's fair. Okay. So we're going to start with Barry, and today is July 16th. It's really not July 16th, but it's July 16th as far as we're concerned here. Born today, Orville Redenbacher. Whoa. Orville Redenbacher, American popcorn magnet. Uh, Orville Redenbacher's gourmet popcorn. He was born in Indiana today. What year? Orville Redenbacher. 1927. 1927, he says, Ed Sullivan. 1907. 07, he says. And Brett. I got 1933. 33. And if somebody gets it exact, they get two points. So somebody got it exact. Ed Sullivan, 1907. And we went to grade school together. Yeah, we, okay. <laughs> I'm just impressed that your memory from studying two weeks ago is still, <laughs> <It's> still holding <laughs> up. So I deserve it, right? We didn't yeah. do this, right? No. 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 Um, okay, over to Brett. Born today. We have five, by the way, five questions in one time. Look at that. I wrote down five. Here we go. Uh, born today, Jimmy Johnson. He's an American NHL coach, national... Uh, NFL coach. NFL coach. NFL coach. Um, from the University of Miami, Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. He was born in Texas today. Jimmy Johnson. What year was Jimmy Johnson born, Brett? I know about as much as sports <clears throat> as Mr. Jonathan does, so okay. I'm going with 1942. 42, he says. 46. 46. I had 40. 40. 42, Brett said it's 43, so Brett will take the point on there. Not knowing anything, still gets the point. <coughs> Amazing. Sometimes that works better. Did I miss Ed Sullivan? No. We were supposed to start with him, but we ended with him. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, the producer's replaceable. Okay. <laughs> First test detonation of an atomic bomb happened in Trinity State, New Mexico, as part of the U.S. Manhattan Project today. What year was that? Do I start? You do. 1939. 39. Brett? I got 46. 46. 37. 37. 39 will take it. You said 46. It was 45, which was one over. And Ed Sullivan will take a point. And there's three for Ed Sullivan. One for Brett. Zero for Barry, who's up next. Barry, Apollo 11 launched, carrying the first men to land on the moon. This is when the Apollo 11 launched, carrying the first men that landed on the moon. What year was that? 69. 69, he says. I also had 69. Okay. <laughs> I got 68. <clears throat> 68. It was 69. So there's a point to... Two points each for Ed and I. Ed. Uh, oh, oh, two points. That's right. Two points and two for Barry. Isn't this interesting? I got one question to go. We have five to two to one. We don't have to go any further, but we will. All right. 
Uh, we'll go to Brett. John F. Kennedy Jr., his wife Carolyn Kennedy, and sister-in-law Lauren were killed in a plane crash off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Huh. What year was that? Uh, I think 1998. 98. 2002. Two. I also had two. Two. 98 will take it. It was 99. Whoa. So, uh, Brett ties for second place. Or last. Or last. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends if you're yeah. Mr. Jonathan or first, not. First in a long line of but losers. Ed Sullivan, you are our champion for next week when we have no Barry uh, on the show. So, Brett, what are you smoking? Uh, I'm doing the Davidoff Grand Crew. Nice. Oh. Nice. Look at Mr. Fancy up there. Yeah. Got to impress you, Ed. You yeah. Know? We're smoking this little McAuliffe A. Which is still smoking. Still smoking. 55 minutes in. For I got an easy five, five minutes. $5.69 or whatever it was for an hour. Right. Not bad. I think there's a box in your history coming up. Oh, it's coming up. Big boxes? 50 count. 50 count. I can handle it. You can do it? Yep. All right. <laughs> we got the right guy. Is there any hope for the uh, liquor authority, for you and the liquor we, authority? I figured I would open it up to somebody who's here every week. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because if I did it, it would be maybe before the show. Yeah, I could do Saturday mornings. But so you do the start drinking before the show. Yeah, we, I mean, it'd be one, two ounce pour and then set the bottle aside. But that's why it would have been fun to have you a little liquored up, Dave. <clears throat> well. Yeah, but we don't want to run it too close to this show because I have no other time during <laughs> the week. Tuesdays are out now, so anything I have to do for the show. Happens on show day. Yeah, so we'd have to work out the logistics, but it wouldn't start until October, November, when it's no longer drinking outside weather. Or else you could man the board if you had to. If I had to, I could man the board. Hmm. But you'd want to be part of it. Yeah, I'd figure it out, because I'm, I'm now starting to get free bottles in the mail. So it's starting to get traction, so I figured the next thing would be the podcast. How do they find you to give you free bottles? This Re- worked out, out just as you expected. Yeah, just yeah. They, <laughs> they reach out to me. Hey, caught your sight. Uh, I saw your review. It was actually the Chicken Cock Review. Mm. All right. And the company that does the marketing for Chicken Cock Bourbon uh, said, hey, I got a few other bottles we'd like to send you. Thought your review was spot on. Where can we send them? And, uh, and that was a written review. It was a written review. Yeah. I got something from Still Austin uh, Distillery in Texas. And then this week, I got something from Travis City Whiskey Company in Michigan. So you do the show and you do still do the blog of it. Right. The, we would do a show followed by a full write-up. Mm. Okay. So now, are you looking to specialize in any particular? Or are you going to I've been leaning over? toward bourbon, but it would be all over because it is the liquor authority. Right. You have to drink tequila. Yeah. So hopefully, eventually, with the podcast, we'll get advertisers that will pay for the liquor and the producer and all that. And then whatever's left, they would divvy up with the co-hosts. Stay away from co-hosts. So at the beginning, yes. poor Ed Sullivan has to operate on a- I would pay Ed Sullivan really? for the get-go. Because when we, we discussed this- you said just work out a payment with the producer. That's all that matters to me. But you can get anybody to produce, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Chrissy, anybody. <laughs> anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Chuck Morrison will come back from retirement. Oh, for, for the liquor, <laughs> right? Yeah. Gentleman Chuck. But at, at, at 10 a.m. in the morning, uh, <laughs> like a podcast on Saturday morning yeah. after you've been practicing all, all Friday night. night. Yeah. Uh, five o'clock somewhere, right? There yeah. we go. That's the way it goes. Uh all right, what did, what did you think? No Mr. Jonathan today, we okay? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he uh, 
always adds a little tinge to the show. So a tinge is a good word. <laughs> tinge is a good word. I'm trying to be politically correct. Yes. Uh, what do you think of the um, the hamburger competition? Is anything there? Yeah, I already bought some tickets. Really? So, yeah, huh? I bought them this morning when I first came in. The, the right. key for Jonathan is to make something close to McDonald's because it's the number one selling burger in the country. I know what he's going to do. The thought is his version of the White, White Castle. Castle, which are horrible in the original version, but great of what he makes. Right? Yeah. You don't think it's great? It's going to be a line for the bathroom because if it's like White Castles thirty <laughs> minutes later, it's re- it was really good. I, I had White Castle, which was horrible once. I yeah. went to New York to get it back in the day because people were talking about it. It was horrible, but whatever Jonathan does, I thought it was a great burger. So I think it represent well. well. Did you did say you- we have to support them, so yeah, it's great. Did you get the suitcase when you went to White Castle? <clears throat> I don't know. It's a suitcase of burgers. It looks. It's a box, just like, like a briefcase suitcase. I think it's like forty burgers. It's forty like burgers no, in them. Get forty. Pop them like aspirin <laughs> on the way home. Really? <laughs> nah, I never. I never liked it. Never got into it. Whiskey but. miser loves White Castle. <laughs> yeah, hey, we found something he likes. <laughs> it's the first thing ever. Wow. All right, that's it for the show. Uh, Brett, thanks for coming up here and doing this. Uh, Next week, don't be afraid of the dark. Dark cigars that are mild, smooth, and sweet, just like they're supposed to be. We'll talk about that, and Jonathan will have lots of information on Maduro tobacco, and we'll try to keep it light and uh, fun even without uh, Barry. There'll be less double on Charlotte Congress. There'll be less. But maybe Ed Sullivan can bring some of that on. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And if you learned anything in the past hour, that makes you The Cigar Authority. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.